the Al Dente podcast. Before we begin, I'd just like to preface that this special episode is being recorded in November 2021 and will be uploaded in 2022. So hello from the past, but also if you get confused by the dates slash years we mentioned, hopefully that explains why. Today we've got a very special guest. You may know her as one of the many friendly faces we've got in Sim Clinic or Clinic. It's our 2022 AUDSS patron, Dr. Anna Murray. So how are you today, Dr. Murray? I'm pretty well, thank you, Jingyong. That's great to hear. So um, I'll just jump straight into the questions. So could you tell us a bit about the role of patron and also why you decided to be patron for the AUDSS? Well, uh, my understanding is that the role of patron is essentially, um, you know, someone to facilitate between um, faculty and the AUDSS, someone to really advocate for the students um, if there is any issues that are arising, any advice that's required, anyone who's just, you know, going to act like a little bit of a sounding board for hopefully nothing too controversial. <laughs> it's nice, straightforward things, but really just kind of being someone on faculty who has the opportunity to interact with the students and just, you know, be that real kind of conduit between the two communities. Um, I agreed to take the role because I was very honoured to be asked. It was very, very unexpected. Um, there are many, many more qualified people than me um, to take the role. Um, and following on after Margie and Prof, or Dr. Stowe, I think was before that, and Prof Leckis has been there as well in the past. It's a fairly illustrious uh, history, so <laughs> I feel terribly underqualified, to be honest, but I'm very much looking forward to it. We were very excited. I think the execs, we were deciding who to choose, and we, we were all very excited to have you on, so. That's very okay. <laughs> Gosh, hmm, we'll see. <laughs> so what brought you here specifically to Adelaide? Adelaide, right. Well, um, the backstory is that I got married to my husband in 2008. Um, so I graduated from university in 2003. And after graduating from University College Cork, which is in Ireland, um, I spent time working in Cork. Then I moved to the UK for two and a half years, worked on the NHS in private practice, or well, public practice as such. Um, then back to Dublin for another 12 months and my husband had just finished his specialist training so he's an emergency medicine specialist and he decided he would head to Australia so obviously I decided to tag along um, and then we lived in Sydney for 12 months and having lived in Sydney for 12 months we realised very quickly that we would never be able to afford to live <laughs> as we would like to. Oh, no. um, as a dentist and as a uh, doctor, yeah. oh no! <laughs> So, just putting it out there. Um, so we looked around for where might be a good place to settle. And so we moved here to Adelaide in, oh, let me think, um, early 2010. So, uh, yeah, that was a good decision. We moved down. Um, we came to visit. We drove around the city. We said, wow, was that it? Um, <laughs> and, yeah. The rest is history, so we've been here since. Yeah, Adelaide, like, I, I'm Adelaide local, you're Adelaide yes, local to Ella. So, um, yeah, no, we've realised that it's a really great place to live, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, the funny thing was, not really knowing, we looked at moving to Queensland, um, but... Better weather. <laughs> better weather, but yeah. certainly my hair wouldn't have coped in oh, Queensland. Yeah. Humidity, no. <laughs> um, so... Everyone in Sydney, not everyone, but a lot of people in Sydney, when they heard that we were moving to Adelaide, were like, oh my God, why Adelaide? Ugh. Oh. And um, I would always ask, oh, have you been? And everyone would go, oh God, no. no. So, 
uh, initially I would have said, oh my God, you should visit everything else. Now I'm kind of like, no, no, don't visit. It's fine. <laughs> so I, uh, Pre-COVID, I would have said that as well. So, um, you know, living in Adelaide is very, very easy. Life is not complicated from the point of view of commuting and mm-hmm. yeah. you know, property prices are obviously a changing thing and probably something that the Dental Student Society isn't overly concerned about. Mm-hmm. But when you do get out of dental school and you have to try adulting sometimes, it's a, certainly not a bad place to pitch up, I think. Mm, that's very true. I remember someone, actually uh, in a previous episode of Our Dente, someone was mentioning that um, we have a lot of students from Sydney coming to the Adelaide Dental School and they were telling their friend that they were coming to Adelaide and they were like, oh my gosh, you're going to Adelaide. I hear that people don't even yeah. have Facebook. Which is kind of like when you tell people that you come from Ireland, like a lot of the time, like, oh, you know, did you have electricity growing up? Like, yeah, we did. It was really not that bad. So um, the big thing with um, my experience, people I'm from uh, interstate, uh, they're all like, oh my God, you know, there's lots of serial killers in Adelaide. I'm like, well, not really that many more than most, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. We've been here for what's that? 11 years now, so yeah. I think we're safe. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Well, it's great to have you down here. Thank you. Okay, so moving on. So what initially got you into dentistry and what's keeping you going, like what's keeping you motivated in dentistry now? Um, like many of uh, your colleagues, I think all of us, um, <laughs> the vast majority, um, I had braces when I was a, a teenager. Um, I knew I wanted to do something clinical. Um, I was pretty sure I didn't want to do medicine. My dad wanted me to do veterinary science. Um, I think I would have found it harder to be, you know, <laughs> clinically dealing with animals. I would have cried too much, I think, if I was a vet. Um, dentistry is fine, I don't mind. Um, but, um, so yeah, a, a big part of it was as well, I was really lucky as a child. I had a really lovely um, childhood dentist. Um, when I, one of my earliest memories about um, dentistry, so I grew up in a small town in Ireland, um, literally one street. Um, my parents owned a butcher shop on the street and the dentist was like, you know, a few doors up. Um, so I was allowed to walk to the dentist by myself when I was about eight and I remember getting my Fisher sealants done. And I remember the dentist's name was Barry Long. Um, he gave me a Walkman, so this would have been mid eighties. Um, and it had those, I don't know if anyone listening to the podcast will be familiar with, you know, those kind of foam headphones that were orange. Oh. Um, and it was a cassette tape and I listened to an audiobook of Winnie the Pooh um, while I was getting my fisher sealants done and I remember walking back to to my parents shop afterwards kind of going my teeth don't fit together walking up the street doing that um, because I'm not sure he was so hot on checking the illusion but I looked to tell the tale Um, so yeah he was a really really lovely man Um, so that was really lucky for me I had really positive experiences as a child and then yeah nobody in my family uh, I have an uncle who's a GP um that's as close as it gets. My dad was a butcher, so some would say that's not too far away. Um, but uh, one of my first cousins did dentistry as well. She was three years ahead of me. Okay. So, yeah, um, I think it was my brother, actually, that said, you know, when I was trying to fill out my university application, mm. he's like, oh, what about dentistry? And I kind of thought about it. And then I did some work experience and I thought, mm, yeah, that'll do. Honestly, yeah, I feel like my sister actually encouraged me to do mm. dentistry. And I think it's it's strange, like sometimes your siblings know you really well. Yeah. Like like your parents probably have this idea of you and mm. then you have this perception of yourself. But as a sibling who's grown up with you and sees you kind of externally, mm. I think they actually know you really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's probably quite a good point. Um, because out of I've got two siblings, I've got a brother mm. and a sister, so 
my brother's an engineer, my sister's in banking, and I'm a dentist, so it was a fairly diverse kind of set of professions. Who knows? Here we are. In terms of the second part of the question, kind of what keeps you in dentistry, um, gosh, it's just such a good career. You know, I think if if you're suited to it and if you enjoy it, and I would put that as a big proviso, I think... um, I was really lucky from the point of view that I wanted to do dentistry. It was the only thing I wanted to do. I had a few, for some bizarre reason, I had put down optometry. Um, and I can't bear eyeballs. I can't even watch people putting in um, contact lenses, so that would have been a disaster. Um, but, so I knew that I wanted to do it, even though I think, you know, going into uni, I had probably very little perception about what was involved and what the course was going to be like. Um, where I trained was uh, quite different to how it's run here. And I think the course has changed, obviously, in the 20-odd years since I started. But, um, you know, it's a great job. It's a really, I mean, it's stressful and all of the rest of it. But, you know, you're meeting people, no two days are the same. You know, it's a really portable career, um, which I don't think I really appreciated at the time. Um, But, for example, when we moved to Australia, my husband and I. Um, so he had just finished specialist training. So he had done his medical degree and done however many, I think it was six, seven years after that again. Um, but it still took him a year to get his specialist qualification recognized. Whereas I arrived with my BDS um, and within two weeks I could work. Um, I just needed to register with the, um, what was before APRA, so it was the Dental Board of New South Wales. Um, I needed a certificate of good standing from the Irish Dental Council, which was the um, registering body I had previously been with, and I needed two references. So I just got two of my mates to write me a reference, which was totally kosher because they just had to be from dental or dentists even. Mm. So yeah, and I was like going, he was quite put out about that actually, my husband, he was like going, oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, you know, so I think with dentistry, it can take you anywhere. Um, and particularly with the reciprocal agreements between, I think it has changed slightly now. I don't really know the details. I think you do need to there's a little bit more involved if you want to go and register in the UK Mm -hmm. Um, but you can certainly travel with it and it's really well recognised you know so in terms of just going to the UK going to Canada going to Ireland you know you can definitely um, take it with you um, and it's pretty straightforward Mm -hmm. so that is a really big advantage Um, in terms of on a personal level it's been really easy as a woman to have a family um, to dip in and out so I've got two kids um, so when I I took a year out after my first child I was pregnant when we moved to Adelaide so when she was one I had uh, one friend who was a hygienist here she was about the only person I knew so I had worked with her in Sydney and she moved back to Adelaide as well and she said oh my mother-in-law's practice is looking for a dentist so I went and had an interview and I'm still there Um, and that's uh, 10 years later Um, so I was able to work one day a week which was really good in terms of keeping my skills up and then I could take more time out again it's very flexible you know you can really kind of decide how much or how little you want to work Um, particularly in the Australian setting you know Mm. it's it's really easy to be fractional so it's good in terms of flexibility the other big thing that I really liked about dentistry was the fact that I wasn't ever going to have to do nights (laughs) Um, so you know I don't think I'd be any good to anyone at about half two in the morning Um, quite cranky to be honest Um, so you know in terms of uh, really kind of flexible interesting varied career I don't think you can really top it to be honest yeah, wow. Like, that's very insightful because I feel like I haven't really thought about, like, that much into the future and whether, like, how it will affect me personally, like, my career. I don't know. I think as a kid, I always, like, romanticized, like, and I don't think, 
you know, realistically, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, I can work, like, hospital or, like, whatever, yeah. but realistically, you know, yeah. yeah. And to be honest, like, when I was in dental school, I hadn't had any of these great thoughts. It's just kind of mm-hmm. afterwards when you kind of go, oh, this is really... You know, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's been a real positive mm. for me personally. It's yeah. good to hear. It's really, yeah, good to hear. Um, so what made you interested in tutoring undergraduate students? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I suppose it's actually the, the, the converse of the point that I was just making um, previously from the point of view that... Um, dentistry is good because it's flexible and everything else like that however I think it's pretty natural and I would assume that it will happen to everyone or maybe it was just me but I don't think it is it seems to me that it um, from the people that I know particularly if if you're in general practice but I think it's true of specialist practice as well it does get a bit lonesome and it can like from the point of view that it every day is different you're meeting different people and everything else you know when you are working in general practice you know you kind of you know the bits you're good at you know the bits you do well you know the bits you enjoy there'll be bits that you don't enjoy so I think you get to a point in your career probably you know where you kind of think gosh what else can I do with this um so for me that was yeah a couple of years ago I think probably it tied in as well with the fact that my children were getting slightly older and so I kind of it's a positive and a negative I suppose um when I was you know raising my children when they were you know much younger it was really great for me to get out of the house do my day day and a half a week I think the most I did when they were little kind of preschoolers was up to two days a week um you know to kind of give me the headspace of being an adult and not just a mum, wheat picks and uh-huh. and all that good stuff. Um, so that was excellent. But then it got to the point where I kind of realised I had more time. Did I want to do more private practice? Did I want to buy a practice? Did I, you know, what did I want to do that was going to kind of make me a bit more interested again? And I figured out pretty quickly, which I think I had known for a long time was that you know I'm certainly not a business owner. I don't have that. That's not my passion. And I, having watched how difficult it can be to run a small business. Um, I figured that that wasn't what I wanted to do. So um, pure happenstance, the, um, I got an email from the ADA saying that they were looking for casual tutors. Um, so I sent in my CV and they said, oh, would you like to come do some tutoring? And the rest is history, I guess. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Like, I have seen some posts on DPR that are mm. like, you know, like, what else can can I do? Mm-hmm. And I think that is really interesting. And I didn't really realize how flexible dentistry mm. can actually be. Yep. Like, even you could do, like, public health or, like, yep. become one of those yep. offices over there. And it's like, I think, yeah, it's actually really interesting. I don't yeah, know if you've thought about it, Ella, as, like, a first year. Yeah. No, when you were coming in, I remember when I started the course, I was a little bit nervous. I was like, I really have to like this because this is just a dental degree yeah. and you have to become a dentist at the yeah, end of it. Absolutely. But I think there is a lot more scope than people realise. Yeah. And, I mean, again, like that, you know, you can have all sorts of plans and they can go off kilter um, not off kilter but just change I mean I would have said when I graduated that I would have definitely planned to specialise mm. um, I loved orthodontics um, I got the orthodontics prize in my year wow. um, but then I did this uh, extra year um, of kind of supervised practice which was a programme that was running at the time in Ireland and then I moved to the UK and then I moved back to Ireland and then we moved here and then you know life got in the way so it's not a regret that I haven't specialised but I also think you know that you can kind of plan but who's to say you know um, 
you can do I'm studying again at the minute anyway um, so I'm doing a qualification in clinical education oh, so I, I would have never picked that yeah. uh, you know and again it's something that's not exactly dental mm. um, but it's relevant to my job at the university mm. it's really interesting to do something different and it's nice to do something that isn't dentally related so yeah. again I suppose it's one of those things that when you are in your undergraduate program you can get quite kind of like you know you know you think it's a linear pathway you know you're going from first year to second year to third year to fourth year to fifth year to out to dentist mm. you know whereas really who knows um, mm. there's plenty of things that you can do with a dental degree that doesn't necessarily involve you just being in a small suburban practice. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm. Like I've I've come to realize that I actually learn a lot more about like like studying and learning like critical thinking that mm. is definitely like transferable skills. Mm. Um, and I think that's super interesting that you know like doing education. I've heard dentists who like do law and stuff, mm. which could be very interesting as well. And, mm -hmm. and like the skills that you learn from a Bachelor of Dental Surgery can definitely apply to other degrees as well. Yeah, sure. and I think as well that the, the big thing with them, a Bachelor of Dental Surgery, which is a little bit different from a lot of degrees. Mm. I mean, not all of them, but it, you know, even the big comparison is always with medicine. Mm. You know, the day you graduate with a BDS, you know, that's it. In theory, you don't have to do another thing if you don't want to. You can open your own practice the day after, yeah. um, which is really immense when you think about it. You know that you are, in theory, the finished product. Um, mm. Now nobody ever is, and mm. don't ever think that you should be. But you know, you learn a lot in terms of, you know, being a ultimately responsible for you know patient care. Um, it's a, I think it's the, the mental and the the as you say, Jingyang, the um, the ability to think critically and to problem solve. You know, ultimately, the hand skills are the hand skills. Everyone will have a. The, there's always a spectrum of people. You know, you have people in a cohort that are just naturally good at it. You know, and some people that you kind of think, ooh, that's not what they're naturally good mm -hmm. at. I. I Full disclosure, I was not naturally gifted. Um, I was always much better at the academic stuff than the mm. clinical. Um, but, you know, touch wood, here we are, 19 years later, has <laughs> been sued yet. Um, nobody's died. So it's all learnable. But I think, you know, having the capacity to, to think critically and to problem solve is really, you know, two of the biggest skills that you get out of a dental degree, for sure. Yeah. All right, so we'll take a break for now. So we'll have a word from our sponsor. Wright Evans Partners, the dental, accounting and finance specialists. Our people are here to assist you in every step of your career. Whether you're a student, dentist or business owner, we have the tools and the experience to see you succeed. Our dental graduate program provides you with a complimentary tax return or business activity statement and a financial health check to help you kickstart your career. Contact us today via our website, Facebook and Instagram or on 8208 4777 to start planning your financial future. WEP, with you every step of the way. So um, you've mentioned you really enjoy working as a general dentist. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the best part for you? Uh, for me, definitely is the patience. Um, it's a really funny thing. Um, you know, you learn early on uh, that you'll not please all of the people all of the time, and nor should you expect to. But um, I always have a, an internal smile to myself when a patient leaves and goes, huh, that wasn't actually that bad, because that's the best win that you can ever have as a dentist. I mean, I think you'd always be slightly concerned if someone came skipping in the door going, woohoo, 
what are we doing today? <laughs> you know, uh, let's do it all. Take out a couple of teeth if you feel like. Um, but, you know, when somebody leaves and they, they say, yeah, that was okay. That wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And then when they come back, it's a really, it's a really gratifying feeling. Um, and when, you know, somebody gives you a compliment, um, like kind of going, oh, you know, that you know you were really gentle or I, I barely felt that you know it's always about LA I think everyone is always um, really apprehensive about LA so if somebody says oh, wow that was great I didn't even know you did that you know or something along those lines it doesn't happen every day it happens relatively um you know not infrequently but also good days and bad days um but it's really nice you know when people leave and that they you kind of feel like you haven't let them down if that makes sense you know where you haven't you've kind of or exceeded their expectations um, so that's good um, working with the team I'm really lucky that I work in a lovely practice um, I have a fantastic DA who I could not work without so we've been working together for over uh, well, six years next year so I mean that's that's it's that type of relationship and I suppose that's it it's all about relationships so relationships with your patients relationships with your colleagues um, and again you know having good colleagues you know staying in touch with your friends staying in touch with your classmates doing collegiate stuff it can get a bit lonely in the room so you know having that kind of support around is, is really good yeah. that's great so um uh, so, next question is, as many of us can realise, um, dentistry can be a stressful job at times, as you've already mentioned before. So, how do you unwind and make sure that, like, your mental health is okay? Um, good question. Uh, at the moment, so my children are 11 and almost 9. So I'm getting to that lovely stage in my life where I taxi drive. So, I spend a lot of time in the car going from, like, houses and sporting events and things like that. Um, I have a dog, um, so and he's getting on now. He's nine, so we're all slowing down a wee bit. But walking the dog, I walk a lot. Um, full disclosure: I didn't get my driving license until I was thirty-two. Um, Never too fact. late. <laughs> <laughs> too late. Exactly right. Um, so I've always been a big walker. Um, I should do more exercise and stuff like that. But for me, just taking the dog out for a stomp, I'm really lucky. Um, so I live near Linear Park on the way into the city. So I have a nice little loop that me and the dog do. Um, so that's about it. Um, I don't have a. I love to read, um, but yeah, it's just kind of a bit busy. Um, studying as well as working full time has been a bit full on this year, but it's doable. Um, it's so yeah. I actually have really enjoyed the course that I'm doing, so that's been a bit of a revelation. Um, I hadn't really done very much apart from CPD since I qualified in terms of long courses and things like that so um, using my brain a bit more has been good um, in terms of protecting your mental health again it's about having support networks um, so good colleagues um, good uh, people supporting you like I mean as I say I, if you've had me in clinic which you have Jingyang, yes. um, you might be lucky someday <laughs> um, you know you can't, dentistry is a team sport you can't do it alone um, it's absolutely impossible which is why I always again have a little bit of a groan at the beginning of third year because we've spent two years barking at you about ergonomics and everything else yeah. and doing things as, you know just so and then you're working without assistance um, and yeah. it's again only when you actually have a good DA that you realize how much easier dentistry is yeah. with somebody um, to help you do it and a good DA is worth their weight in gold so um, always treat your colleagues higher, lower, wherever they are in the ranking, treat them with respect because again, it's really important, I think, for everyone 
to just remember the fact that you know you can't do any of this plus front of house staff you know mm-hmm. be nice to the receptionists because they're the ones who manage your book so mm-hmm. unless you want to have a molar endo booked in at 4 30 on a friday oh, afternoon uh, play nice yeah. but um yeah i was thinking about this question actually yeah. um I think it's probably one of the things, and I was thinking, how do I manage my mental health? Um, I'm very lucky from the point of view that I I have a fairly robust um, mental constitution. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to dentistry, Mm -hmm. I think the easiest thing for me is to make decisions that I can stand by. And I think, you know, if I was, if we're talking purely about clinical clinical practice and general practice in particular, um, not compromising. I always know that the decisions I worry about are the ones that I'm not sure on. Or if I kind of feel that I've made a compromise somewhere that's a bit too far for me, then they're the ones that keep me awake at three o'clock in the morning. Um, You know, there'll always be ones where you kind of question yourself a little bit, but you know that ultimately you're doing the right thing. Um, So I think, you know, just in terms of your practice, stay within your lane, you know, work out. I do remember, and I remember thinking at the time, oh my God, um, when I was a new graduate in my first um, role, I was talking to another dentist who was in the same clinic and she was an older older she's probably about my age now Um, she seemed ancient at the time Um, but I do remember her saying that you know we were talking about practice and how you know worked out what you liked and what you didn't like she said oh it took me a good 10 years to work out you know the bits that I was good at and I remember just thinking 10 years are you joking and I have to say like god 20 years out nearly 19 years this year um every day when I'm at work I always kind of think oh okay I'll do that differently the next time you know there's always a learning process and always you're always kind of thinking what will I do differently why didn't that work out the way I thought you know that was really good that's why that happened it's you know the internal monologue that you have all the time but in terms of managing stress Mm -hmm. I really think that you know making good decisions that well making the decisions that are good for you Mm -hmm. and good for your patient you know in terms of working out should I have attempted that extraction you know should should I have maybe thought I should have referred that you know am I backing out of doing that molar endo because I'm just, you know, being a bit lazy? You know, those kind of weird, not weird, but, you know, the decisions that you always kind of, and, and, you know, internal conversations that you have. But I think, you know, in order to minimise your stress as a as a clinician, mm-hmm. you know, just being confident in your decisions. Um, and always remember that you're a person as well. You know, I think sometimes we focus so much on patient-centred care. There's nothing wrong with kind of going, you know what? I'm going to change what I had planned to extract that two six today. I'm not sure I'm in a good headspace to do that. Maybe we'll do the filling on the upper right instead. You know, take into account how you're feeling as well. You know, acknowledge how you are as an individual. Um, you're not a machine. You're not a robot. We all have good days and bad days. Um, not saying don't do the treatment because you just can't be bothered. That's not a great way to practice. But um, you know, just be kind to yourselves. I think is is really about the most thing but yeah 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 I think I think personally at least you know like they always say like you're your own harshest critic critic. and and yeah for sure I think that's that's a really good point and it's important to be more forgiving I say that but then yeah (laughs) yeah preach what I've um, you know I think that's a really interesting um facet about you know if you looked at the personalities of most dentists you Mm -hmm. know they are because it is such you know, ultimately the book stops with you, yeah. you know. Um, it's a very interesting, I would imagine that a lot of dentists have a fairly high, 
you know, rate of self-criticism, you know, high expectations and high standards. I mean, you know, when you're going through, I think it, you set up for that from day one of university. I mean, compared to a lot of other degrees, you know, you're expected to turn up dressed appropriately on time. You know, it's it's very different from a lot of other um, educational pathways. You know, yeah. there are really high expectations placed on you from the very, very beginning. Mm. So, you know, you get used to that and that's the way, you know, your brain gets trained. Mm. But, you know, it is important to temper it a little mm. bit as well. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think I've discussed with some of my friends, like in BDS3, there's a big um, learning curve. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting, like, you know, I'm like 20 years old. So when I start, I, when I started BDS3, I, was, I just turned 20. And it was like, when I look at my peers, like I had to, I was responsible for someone's oral health mm. at yeah. 20 and I was like oh what <laughs> like, are you sure this, this is, is a good idea, idea. Yeah. Yeah. so yeah. it was it was pretty scary and I and I think it's interesting like be, like BDS mm. you know you have to learn quite quickly mm -hmm. you have mm -hmm. to be very responsible you know and fast on your feet mm. um, so yeah it's it's actually it's quite a lot yeah but no I I have I appreciate everything that mm. I've learned and I think yeah it's it's been really rewarding this mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, so I guess we're going to go from that to quite a light-hearted <laughs> question. <laughs> if you could describe yourself uh, as one dental instrument or burr, what would it be and why? Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> again, have been pondering this one. Um, I did have a chat with my DA about it, and she, would, yeah, I won't repeat much. <laughs> <laughs> um, well. If, uh, again, if you've had me in Sim Clinic or in Clinic, I'll go with my favourite. I'll go Spoon Excavator. Oh, okay. Bit of a multitasker. Okay, right. If you were stuck in a desert yeah. island, it can probably do a little bit of everything. <laughs> so, you know, mm. not an expert. Mm -hmm. uh, not one size fits all. But, you know, in times of crisis, you can probably... Uh, oh, get it to do most things yeah, yeah no I did I used Spoon, ex spoon Excavator because my patient had massive caries mm. on the 1-1 and I was like wow this is like tactile sensitivity yeah. everything it does everything like I use oh it for gosh. everything I use it yeah. for composite placement I oh. use it for, not just for caries removal yeah right yeah. yeah it's really good if you're um trying to place composite on the palatal of upper anteriors because it's the reason oh. the back of the Spoon Excavator can just tap it in it's really nice oh wow yeah Multitasker. That's, that's a, wow, <laughs> that's a great, yeah, oh my gosh. Mm. Okay, so now, um, any words of advice for BDS 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 students? Um, gosh, um, enjoy it mm. is the, um, the real take home um, mm. from the point of view that, you know, you've worked hard to get into BDS. It is mm. a challenging um, undergraduate program from the point of view of contact hours, levels of expectation, all of those things. Um, but as you say, as you pointed out, Jingyang, it's pretty big. Like you are expected to take care of members of the public in your third year, you know, after two years of undergraduate training, it's, you know, it's a little bit mind blowing. Um, but ultimately everyone who's here is here because they deserve to be. Um, and I think, you know, you should really be proud of, of having succeeded in getting into dental school because it's, you know, it's not for everyone. Everyone that you meet ever again will go, oh my God, dentist, <laughs> they're horrible. And then two minutes later they go, actually, I've got to start showing you. I can't begin to describe the amount of times that, you know, you're in a playground. Um, having said that, or, you know, in the pub, 
Um, oh no. People coming up expecting free treatment mm. um, or free advice at the very least. Mm. Um, <laughs> the, the good side of it is um, my friend a couple of weeks ago, a um, couple of months ago now, this is the type of thing that does happen. Mm. Um, my friend was out for a cycle with her two kids and Rory's tooth was really loose so they just swung past. Rory asked me to take out his tooth so I just pulled out one oh. of his A's in my back garden. He's like, thanks, and took off again on his bike. So, you know, that's the, the joy of him. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, are you Hamish's mum? I've got a wobbly tooth. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, that's the bit I really like about it. But uh, sorry, back to me again. Um, in terms of being, uh, you know, advice for students, um, keep up with the work. It's really content heavy, particularly first year and second year. It's really a lot and it's detailed and it's hard and all that microbiology and it's all incredibly important but you know it's a slog in the first I would have found it a slog I know from again my course was set up slightly differently uh, we did anatomy physiology and biochemistry for the first two years and I just I'm not a biochemist um, mm. nor was I ever going to be I remember having a little cry in a laboratory once pipetting things into test oh. tubes going oh, wow doing stuff. <laughs> um, so you know just keep up with it get on with it um, you know because then once you get to third year and you actually pick up the tools yeah. you know it's really worth it mm. and then fourth year and fifth year you know you're kind of you're good to go you know you're mm. doing things you're pretty much working um, as a dentist, you know, for those last two years, which is, again, it's a lot to get your head around um, in such a short period of time. But, you know, it's really, really worth it to, to really be happy and confident with what you're doing. You know, dentistry isn't the type of um, course where you can kind of wing it, you know, mm -hmm. and kind of go, eh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, I suppose it's the challenge of um, COVID learning and everything being online. Mm -hmm. I suppose the best bit of advice I would give is like, you know, with the best will in the world students you guys are not the best at selecting what the important parts are and what the mm -hmm. less important parts are as far as you're yeah. concerned it's all important so mm -hmm. you know don't kind of just listen to it on double speed and kind of go oh, yeah, 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 every second word mm -hmm. or whatever particularly when it comes to the drier subjects um, yeah. you know as you've just found out I'm sure anything can be asked in yeah, an exam paper um, but you know that's a real challenge um was very different in my day. We had every lecture face to face. We photocopied the handouts. I went mm. to university without. When I was in fourth year, which was our main clinical year, fourth year and fifth year, there was one computer in the whole clinic. Um, so all pre online. So online learning is a challenge, you know, and kind of staying motivated and keeping up with it. So I think, you know, just trying to really keep up with the workload. Um, it's mm. worth it in the end, to be honest. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> it is, it, it, I feel like it's been tricky because um, as we're like third year, we had first year as like face to face, mm. and we got a bit of a taste, and then now it's like mm. not sure exactly when we'll transition back. And even mm. fourth year, we don't have that many contact hours yeah. anymore, yeah. so it's like it's work, it's hard. Yeah, and online learning is very different, and particularly with a vocational um, degree, you know, yeah. like dentistry. So I think kind of the positive way of looking at it is at least you know thankfully in South Australia with COVID you, the clinical years have had a lot of face to face and even in the second year you know this year with the amount of sim clinic time that everyone has you know mm. compared to a lot of other degree courses that have gone fully online mm. I would find that very challenging and I think you know having the social aspect and having your mates and having your colleagues around you know dentistry is probably in a slightly better position than most 
So um, that's been really lucky, I think, for our undergraduates. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for I sure. think it's really important to actually come into the university. Mm. Yes, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Like, you could not do it without, like, the social network and yeah. the social support, yeah. as you said. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay, so thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, Dr. Anna Murray. So um, before we uh, finish off today, I'd just like to um, acknowledge and pay respects to the owners of the land in which we are privileged to record the Al Dente podcast on, the Ghana people, the traditional custodians of the land, waterways and skies across Adelaide. We thank them for sharing and for caring on the land in which we are able to share our experiences. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging, and we share our friendship and our kindness. I'd also like to give a massive shout out to Chris um, who will be helping us edit this audio and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through Spotify and Apple Music thanks everyone